0: Welcome back Empire Builders. It is Bridget Eileen Sisko here for another amazing episode of She Builds Empires. Did you know that we are over 130 episodes in? It's pretty freaking cool. And when I have actually reflected on how many interviews I've done since 2016 and 2017, it is somewhere near almost 400. From my Facebook group, I used to have a group called the Blissful Purpose Tribe, and I interview people on a weekly basis in that group. So grateful to get to be a host, interview cool people, and really learn the story behind the woman, behind the human, behind the business, because that's what fascinates me. And I know that you're here because you have that similar interest The story, the journey, the experiences, the ups, the downs. That's what really helps you see that you can do any of this yourself too. It is all possible. Now, today, my guest is, oh, this is so funny to me. Her name is Bridget, (laughs) and it's spelled the same, which is a really Big thing, you know. We both mentioned to each other when we met in person that it's just not very common for Bridgets to meet another Bridget. So if you are listening to this and you have more of a uncommon name, I'd love to hear, you know, how exciting it is for you when you meet a fellow Bridget. This episode is interesting because Bridget McLeese is one of the most humble badasses I have ever met. Here's a little bit about her. Born and raised in the woods of Lambertville, New Jersey. Yes, we're both New Jersey girls. Bridget has always had a passion for doing things her own way. She discovered the joy of mixed martial arts in 2012 and decided to pursue a career in fighting and eventually honed in on her calling. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Like this girl can kick your butt. It's amazing. In 2020, she earned her black belt, which is a big, big accomplishment. And is currently the first and only female instructor at the Renzo. I think it's Henzo Henzo Gracie Academy. And she's in New York City now. She teaches advanced and beginner classes, head of the women's program and is a world-class competitor. She's literally won world championships. Like go Google her name because she is a badass. And what I love about Bridget is she's so humble. (laughs) You would never know just by looking at her. She has a heart of gold. She is so sweet. And I am very grateful that I got to meet a friend on this episode. So we're going to talk about her journey to being a black belt, to being a competitor, to being one of the first world female instructors and her vision of maybe opening something on her own one day. So, big things to come for my dear friend and sister, Bridget. Enjoy this episode today and go check out what she's doing online. Follow her on Instagram. All the description is in the link below. Thank you so much. Bridget, welcome to She Bells Empires. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is so delightful. This is, and that was so weird and funny for me to say because typically the person I'm interviewing does not have the same name that I do. <laughs>
1: I know. Uh, It's so strange seeing like another Bridget. Um, Anytime that I hear a Bridget name, I'm like, oh my God, there's another one. (laughs) And I get so excited to meet them. So just getting to know you has been just wonderful. So thank you so much.
0: You are so welcome. It's been very fun since we met maybe two months back at Cornell's positivity summit we were both speaking and we got to hang out mm-hmm. the night before i went out for some chinese food Delicious. it was a blast and you brought the dog to the event which was my amazing. son <laughs> hey, you brought your son remind me his name i did forget is it loki his it is
1: loki his name is loki uh and he is wonderful and he's basking in the sunlight right now um chewing a bone uh yeah he's so chill <laughs> Low-key, but really more like very Mm -hmm. (laughs) low-key.
0: We just got that. That was good. Um, So you're you're not like all of the other business owners I've interviewed on this show, like being super honest. Many of them are, you know, do the podcast circuit and they're like out here trying to be teacher um, speakers and like build their businesses and build their brands. And you are one of the most inspiring people I've ever met. And you're humble because I just asked you, you know, tell me like, how do I want me to introduce you, Bridget? And you were like, (laughs) you know, I'm like, professor at Renzo Gracie and I'm like no but tell me about your awards and you're like oh yeah like that's not your first (laughs) thing that you say so I'm very grateful to have you here because you are humble you're beautiful you have a beautiful spirit and I'd like you to introduce yourself to the audience today
1: oh my gosh (laughs) well thank you Bridget. (laughs) Um, by the way, I loved how you introduced your name as you are a bridge between these two worlds. Uh, it resonated so much with me uh, at the Positivity Summit, and I feel like I, too, am a bridge between the martial arts world and like everyday life. Um, but I- hi, everyone. I'm Bridget. I-, I am a professor at the Henzo Gracie Academy. Um, I'm a first-degree black belt. I'm Henzo's sixth female black belt. I, uh, In terms of awards, I recently won the ADCC Open. I uh, won gold. And then in within that, uh, I won all of my matches by submission, which is a really interesting thing. Instead of points, it was a definitive win. Um, and then I'm also a uh, silver, uh, for Pan-Americans, I am a silver medalist. And then for Worlds, I'm also a silver medalist as well. So it's Yeah. (laughs) Competitor, uh, teacher, um, kind of everything all encompassing. Yeah.
0: You're so cool. And this is, I think I was, well, one of the reasons I was really inspired by you is because this is like a sport that I know really nothing about. And to see you like kicking ass, I was like, oh my God, she is so (laughs) cool. Like she is so so cool and I got to hear a little bit of your story because you shared it at the positivity summit but I'd love for you to take us back a little bit like when did you first start MMA what did that look like for you
1: oh man so MMA and jiu-jitsu I uh, I started my martial arts journey shortly after I graduated college like the day after I graduated college <laughs> um I it, got involved. Uh, I know I I shared this at the Positivity Summit, but I lost my dad when I was a junior in college. And I was just really lost. Uh, And in kind of trying to grasp at whatever I could, um, because at least for me, in college, it was really like, you have to find what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And that's very, that's a lot (laughs) to try to like take on. Um, So I, tossed around a couple of ideas. I wound up actually going to see a psychic and they gave me this really interesting, vague reading that I completely read into and uh, it involved, I remember three things about it. It was, I see a Laurel, I see champions and I see Brazil. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be a rugby player. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the Olympics for rugby. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so good. Um, and it wasn't a far fetched idea uh, for me. Uh, I played football in middle school. I convinced my parents that I was like, I need to do this for character development. Um, I gave a little presentation and everything. Uh, and then I, I was like, that the transition makes sense. You know, middle school football to Olympic athlete, duh. <laughs> and um, so I wound up uh, joining rugby loved it it was incredible i love the physicality of it i i love the rawness of it um i just i understood the concept of it uh and then i wound up colliding heads with a teammate of mine uh, our last game and i as i was falling to the ground and had this gigantic hematoma appear i was like i think i've made a mistake with rugby i need to find something that is as physical but all individual um, so I was like, the next best thing is going to be MMA. And, uh, I knew nothing of that, that realm other than I actually really badmouthed the sport for the longest time. Uh, so my parents, they were both in the medical profession. So it was always like your brain, like protect your brain at all costs. And fighting was not a thing in our, ha- in our household. I wasn't allowed to watch WWE. I wasn't allowed to watch uh anything fighting related we didn't watch boxing like I didn't grow up with this whole like I didn't understand this world so there I am 21 just being like I this is what I'm gonna do I'm gonna fight I'm gonna fight for the rest of my life (laughs) I'm gonna figure it out and I found a gym and then I I did my first class and I was like I'm in love I and from there, it developed into what it is today. Uh, So MMA was when I first started, and I did boxing, wrestling, uh, kickboxing, jujitsu, just striking and and groundwork as much as possible. I trained probably like five-ish hours a day, six hours a day, every day. Um, And then I wound up Uh, having my first fight about a year after I started training, um, I had my first Muay Thai fight, uh, and then I had another one and they were, it was wonderful. And then it was terrible (laughs) because I lost, but (laughs) it was still a really interesting experience. And then shortly after that, I had my first MMA fight. Uh, and again, the first one was wonderful. Second one was, eh, it was okay. Um, And then from there, I switched schools, I moved to Philly, I was just kind of following this crazy life. Mm -hmm. And I ultimately wound up um, in Philadelphia, I wound up at Daniel Gracie's Academy. And then from there, I started traveling back and forth to New York. And I got to understand a little bit more of this deep, deep, crazy world of jujitsu and chased it. And uh, I think I was a purple belt. And that's when I started competing a lot more uh, on a major circuit of jiu-jitsu. And then I got my brown belt. uh, And that's when I decided I'm going to move to New York City and pursue my jiu-jitsu dreams. Uh, So the fighting kind of took a backseat after purple. And then it's been jiu-jitsu ever since. Uh, And then I earned my black belt in 2020. And it's been a wild ride. Uh, And I'm now the first female professor at the Henzo Gracie Academy.
0: No, (laughs) no big deal. (laughs) Yeah, no big deal. Just 10
1: years of martial arts, 11 at now, it's 11 years now. Um, And this is where I'm at.
0: Wow. This actually perfectly segues into, I think you touched on this actually at the positivity summit, but you know, before you were a professor at the school and teaching and coaching students, what were you doing like to make money?
1: Oh man, I worked the weirdest jobs. (laughs) Oh, I did everything I possibly could to fuel my addiction to jujitsu and martial arts. Um, my my favorite job, I worked at Lindt Chocolate, and that was the coolest, most interesting job I had. I had to try all the chocolate. Oh, no. So <laughs> I got this really cool flavor... Uh, a pallet of all this really good chocolate <laughs> um that was my favorite job i worked at dick sporting goods i worked in their shoe department and now I know like weird things about like trail running shoes and hiking shoes and cleats uh there's a lot of very interesting things that most people don't understand about how cleats are what you want in a cleat what kind of cleat for like field hockey or football <laughs> random things um I've worked at Sprint. Uh, That was an interesting experience learning about cell phone sales. I am not good at sales, terrible at it. Um, I worked at Whole Foods uh, and I worked there. What was it called? Um, The section in the produce where it showers on the uh, the produce, the wet rack. I was the queen of the wet rack. Uh, I had to be up at, like, four in the morning to chop vegetables and prep them to make this, like, gorgeous display uh, every morning. Um, and I had to, like, live in a, in a freezer, essentially. That was a very strange job. Uh, oh, I was a dog walker. That one was one of my favorites as well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, all all odd jobs here and there of just really trying to figure out how I can keep jujitsu or how, how I can keep like a really steady schedule of training. Oh, overnight concierge. That was fun. I essentially got paid to take naps. <laughs> um, security. I was a bouncer. Uh, I <laughs> That was very interesting. Patting down people, uh, getting into fights, um, breaking up fights. Uh, drunk people are very easy to take down. And it's very funny because it's like, this is it? that's all I needed to do.
0: (laughs) Okay, (laughs) cool. Yeah, yeah. You have done many, many things. And (laughs) I'm sure there are some of those things where you're like, I don't really love this. But at the same time, you were like, this is fueling my passion to be able to, you know, ultimately teach and like you do this full time. Now you're training and teaching this is this is life I do. I
1: do. It is amazing. And it's incredible. Um, I, so after all those odd jobs, I wound up actually becoming a massage therapist. And so I did that for probably like three years, um, training, teaching and massage. Uh, and that, um, was kind of how I ran my life up until, gosh, now it's been like two years where I've been full-time teaching. And that has been, it was a really scary jump to finally make, but I'm really happy that I made it. Uh, And now it's just, it's straight jujitsu all day, every day.
0: Mm. (laughs) What is your vision for your career? Like, where do you see this going? What is like the ultimate, ultimate for you?
1: Oh man, the ultimate, ultimate. Um, I know that most people and most of my mentors have kind of expressed to me. They're like, you know, the the next step is going to be owning your own academy, and I think that's definitely on the horizon. Um, I would love to have that uh, as mine. I, I'm still trying to work out the kinks of it because I never really envisioned myself as like a, a school owner. Um, I always thought of myself as like, oh, like a partnership of for school. Uh, But that's a lot of responsibility to take on because it's not just jujitsu. There's so many other aspects of owning your own academy, Um, the marketing aspect, uh, the ins and outs every day. uh, Having a building that you have to take care of, like, it is truly like your baby. (laughs) Uh, So that is something that I have on the horizon. I'm still trying to figure out the kinks of it. Um, I think jujitsu has done so much for so many people, uh, especially for myself. Um, so there's chemicals that get released, uh, when you work out that we all know about those, that oxytocin and it's just those feel good chemicals. Um, what's really interesting about jujitsu is that uh, on top of the oxytocin that gets released, there's also this touch factor that comes into play with jujitsu. Mm-hmm. So, um, as a community, and this is kind of stems back from my massage therapy practice, uh, the jujitsu community, we actually get touched way more than like the average person does. Mm-hmm. Um, and You can imagine like kids kind of on a playground uh they're playing they're roughhousing they're they're getting that physical touch all the time meanwhile as we get older uh in our everyday life we lose that and so we're not having that same kind of bond um and i think that jujitsu is something that's really special and we can really explore more of that therapeutic side where i it does have that touch. It it helps people that have depression. It's almost like a happy pill for a lot of people. Uh, Almost even like a church for some people where it's like, okay, or a therapy. Um, So for me, I find that to be fascinating. Uh, And I love that chemical balance side, but I also love like the therapeutic side. So for myself, uh, in terms of jujitsu school it's not necessarily going to be geared towards like oh this is what the jujitsu academy is uh, i really wanted to have more intention behind that so i've been working and kind of chipping away at what that intention is going to be mm-hmm. um but yeah definitely like a school therapeutic maybe animals involved <laughs> uh, we'll see
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> It's so Mm -hmm. funny that you say that because when you were saying, like listing all of your jobs, I was starting to pull some of the threads that I felt like were part of your, like literally your Dharma on the planet and had to do with body, like literally touch. And when you said massage, I was like, oh, of course, like in all the sports that you've done and stuff like that. I was like, oh, like touch and body and physical and somatic. Like that is, that is part of her. So yeah.
1: Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Someone gets it.
0: Oh, 1000%. Um, you know, it's something that I kind of thought of over the last three years when many people were like isolated in their own homes. Yeah, um, yeah. The fact that many people didn't have physical touch. And like, we need that. And that does impact our bodies, our minds, the chemicals. like. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Like yeah. It, it's, so, it's something so silly where it's like, even just as you're, uh, like walking past or with when you're with your friends, like we don't hug enough. Uh, we don't embrace each other enough. Uh, and I know that during the pandemic, uh, when we were all locked inside, even shortly after that, where we were finally able to kind of come back to life in a way, um, my interactions with people were so awkward. And mm-hmm. like, I didn't know, could I touch people? Could I not touch mm-hmm. people? Um, trying to read body language, uh, it is so interesting. And meanwhile, like, then you go on to the jujitsu mats and like everything just kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Or to me, at least it did. It was like, okay, when everything else is kind of like going crazy, like jujitsu is there, it makes sense, there's patterns, there's sequ- sequences, there's things to work through. Uh, I think it's something that's really, really special. Um, and yeah, like I said, it, it's helped me a whole bunch. I know it's helped a lot of other people, but definitely the brain-body, physical connection, manifestation of it. It's really cool.
0: I think we're going to do a TED Talk on like the power of the body and MMA or like and jiu Like there's something like.
1: That'd be so cool. Yeah, yeah. I would love that. <laughs>
0: There's like a deep dive for, for you. Cause that's really, that's, I think that's fascinating. Like I, I could stay it on the topic
1: for a while. Totally. Totally. I know they did, um, when I was in massage school, we had talked about, uh, there were children, I forget where the study was actually conducted, but it was, uh, and this is what I heard. So I didn't actually get to read the study, but, um, Baby, that they did a study with babies that were ignored versus babies mm-hmm. that were actually held, and just the overall health of the babies that were just held and like uh, they had that physical contact, their health was incredible in comparison to those that did not have any sort of contact. Um, and the ones that had that had no contact really were their health was leading them down this path of like they were probably going to die. Um, and so that is just like, we are just all infants. <laughs> like, I, I don't know about you, but I'm like, I am a child, <laughs> and I've been, like, the silliest things. Um, but I, like, uh, we did not grow up <laughs> the very root of us we're all children.
0: Yeah. And we all, we all still need touch. We also need physical contact. We yeah, all need like yeah. basic human needs to be loved, seen, heard, respected, understood. Yeah. Yeah. Simple as that. Exactly. Okay, so question about your drive and determination. Like, Mm -hmm. what gets you going? What is that deeper message within you that drives you on those days when you're, like, not feeling good? Or, like, when you have your period or something? Like, what keeps you going? Uh, There's a couple of factors that keep
1: me going. Um, The first factor... Oh man, the factors that keep me going. Uh, the first factor is that I know I am always trying, I, I always strive to do my best on that specific day. Um, and that best might look like I just get out of bed. <laughs> and that best might look like, oh man, I'm going to win a world champion championship. Like it, it, it can be varied between. Um, I am... There's just always been something deep inside me that I, I feel like I'm just extremely stubborn. Uh, so the giving up is just never an option. Um, I know my own limitations uh, and I try to like assess goals and um, be as realistic as possible about like my age, about uh, what my body can handle, about uh, the limitations that are present in my life. Um, but I I have never been someone to really give up. Uh, So it's always like seeing things through. And that has, I I don't want to, I used to call it just being dumb (laughs) and stubborn, but now I I think it's just more resilience. Uh, There's been a lot of stuff in my path where I've kind of, uh, I have not either been treated probably ways in which I should have been treated, um, people coming into my life that have not been, had the best or the purest uh, uh, values or or help. Um, so I, I've had a, a good amount of adversary, adversity in my life. Um, but at the same time, I also, on the flip side, I, I have these wonderful people that inspire me to do amazing things that believe in me and, having them outweighs the negativity and, and uh, the the struggle, (laughs) if you might, if you say, uh, see it like that. And so that is what inspires me to try to do my best. Um,
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm hearing like community and like the people you surround yourself with is essential.
1: Absolutely. It's absolutely essential. Uh, I have a fantastic community of people that support me, that love me, that care about me, that want me to do well. And like, I feel that, Uh, and I've been looking for it. And it's one of those things that I haven't found until I actually got to where I'm at now. Um, It's been like pockets of people here and there. uh, And there's always been this like, before, uh, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Um, Funny enough, is like before, I got to where I am. Like I didn't really have a coach. Uh, I mean, I had black belts and professors and people kind of guiding me, but I didn't have like a coach that I could like really communicate with and talk to. Um, I had people in and out of my life that uh, would share some knowledge here and there. And I kind of was like guided down this path, uh, but really blind. And now I'm at a point where like, I have a community, I have people I can talk to. I have a coach. Um, things are kind of falling into place where it's like, man, I really had this hope that one day this would happen, but I had no idea when I had mm-hmm. no idea how I just had to keep like going on this path. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. starting to wrap things up here. I'm so inspired by just your drive and your resilience and like your ability to keep showing up in the face of adversity. I think, you know, a lot of people would stop in their tracks and be like, maybe this isn't for me. Like, you know, no, but you have that, whether you call it stubbornness or resilience, like yeah. <laughs> you have that drive and you keep going and you keep showing up for it. So it is amazing. Um, I want to end today what, with you just kind of giving a message to the listener of this, the listeners of this show. Most are women business owners, like newer in business, and they really desire to build something that is bigger than themselves. So I'd love from your perspective, even though you're not a business owner, like what would you tell them in terms of drive and consistency and dedication? Cause that's your zone of genius. Like you're amazing at it.
1: Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> you're amazing at it. Um, I, I think the the biggest takeaway is, is you really have to find what you're passionate about and, and really kind of run with it and and run as far and as fast as you can with it. Uh, you need to find realistic goals, but also talk about like the impossible or the improbable goals and live in it and kind of flourish in it and uh, fantasize about it. Uh, I, I think the brain and our the, the powers of our mind are, are so incredible that you can really shape this world that we live in. Like you are the creator of your own universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I never, ever thought I would be where I'm at with the people that I'm at. Uh, and again, this has been a fantastical wild ride <laughs> adventure, if you must, of, of just trying to figure things out. And uh, it's been goals, it's been hopes, it's uh, been just not giving up um, and just knowing that you know it's going to get better at some point in time. It, it's gonna suck for a little bit, it's gonna suck for a lot of bit. But struggle is how we are able to progress in life uh, and how we're really able to excel. Uh, so if you really believe in yourself and you might not believe in yourself every day because it's really tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you can put a little bit of that negative self talk and kind of flip it and be like, you know, it's going to get better. It's, it's just it's always going to get better. Um, it has to get better. It will get better. Um, and that is is huge. I uh, so that's that's like the biggest thing but really finding your passion and, and being pure about your passion mm-hmm. uh what i find at least with girls on the mat with jujitsu and really anyone um it's not just girls versus guys but anyone at least in jujitsu they the people that really love jujitsu are the ones that are going to stay with it the people mm-hmm. that are trying to find other things um Whether it be like a boyfriend, a girlfriend, uh, their mind really isn't in it. They need to be honest with themselves because they're not going to go that far. Uh, So I think that if you're trying to run a business that you're really not really passionate about, you're not going to go that far. You can talk all you want about it, but actions will speak volumes louder than words. Uh, And you just have to keep doing it and keep showing
0: up yeah hmm. there we have it that is the truth yeah. of the matter how can people find you connect with you share your instagram
1: oh the instagram uh so the instagram is probably the easiest and fastest way uh it's bz bird b-e-e-z-y bird Um, it's a combination of my two names. Uh, so birdie is the nickname that I go by in jujitsu. It was gifted to me. So it's a total nickname. (laughs) And then, uh, BZ, I used to coach a kid's swim class, swim team, and they would call me coach BZ. Uh, so that's my, my, my Instagram name. (laughs) And then, uh, otherwise I, I do have a website, Bridget grace, bjj.com that they're more than welcome to check out or henzo gracie academy and i'm on listed as one of the instructors i
0: love it yeah thank (laughs) you so much bridget this is such a blast i love hanging out with you and it was fun to you know interview you and just hear a little bit more of your story so thank you so much for being here today appreciate you and thank you for everyone listening have a beautiful day